Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Which direction are we? Yeah, we're talking NFL draft. And uh, there's an ESPN.com story today on on Bijan, and I won't get into it, but there was one there was one line in there that kind of just jumped out at me, and it was something along the lines of he's a generational back for the wrong generation. And I think (laughs) that depends on how you look at it. Wrong in terms of how the NFL values the running back position, yeah. Because if this was 15 years ago, Bijan would be in the mix for the number one overall pick because running backs just were valued differently at that point. But in terms of how he fits in today's NFL, he's the perfect fit at running back for today's NFL. When you look at all the ways he can impact the football game, he can fit into any scheme, whether you're zone schemes, gap schemes, whatever predominant scheme you like to feature on the ground, he can do that. We've seen him be a pass blocker. We've seen him catch the ball out of the backfield. We've seen him line up at various wide receiver positions. He can line up out wide. You can put him in the slot. He's going to walk in day one and be in the the discussion to have the best hands on your team. So in terms of the modern-day NFL running back, absolutely 100% he fits in with this generation and, and what you need to do to succeed in today's NFL. What's interesting is you look at his draft projections, and I'm looking at the late two mocks from CBS Sports. One was put out yesterday by Ryan Wilson, and one was published today by Chris Trapasso. The Ryan Wilson mock draft has Bijan going where I think a lot of people have mocked him, 27 to the Bills, Yeah, which then that brings in the Cowboys discussion, and we can certainly go down that road if you gentlemen want to. But Chris Trapasso released a mock draft today, guys, that has Bijan Robinson going eighth overall to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. And the the basis of that ESPN article, a lot of it, it revolves around the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the Eagles, they got two picks in the first round. They've got number 30 and number 10. And, you know, the Eagles, is it fair to say, Craig, running back is probably the one position that they really need to address? Yeah, that's a, that's a neat area. Uh-huh. Even for a defending NFC champion. Uh-huh. If, if, if you're the Eagles... And you look at your needs, you look at your roster, and you're one piece away, you're legitimately one piece away from getting over the top and winning a world championship, that's when I think it's okay to take a running back really high in the first round. Because regardless of that money, you're going to pay Bijan. And I think you've got to look at the the whole body of work with Bijan too, the character and everything you're going to get from him. It's not like he's he's a guy, he doesn't strike me as a guy, that's going to get like two years into this deal and then want to renegotiate. Like he, He's going to be paid fairly according to the rookie wage scale and play out that rookie contract. Well, if you're the Eagles and you exercise, let's say you exercise the option, chances are you're going to get the five best years of B. John Robinson's career, mm-hmm. most likely. So if you're one, and my thing is when you're the Eagles, it, it rem- all I kept thinking about as I was reading the story and it was centered around the Eagles. And everybody knows how much I hate the Eagles, so it kind of pains me to to project, <laughs> to talk about Bijan and the Eagles in the slide. I kept thinking about the Bill Parcells line from that old NFL Films video, like, hey, this is why you lift all their yeah, weights. This is why yeah. you do all that stuff. This is why you acquire all that draft capital. This is why you make all those trades, is to put yourself in a position to make a move like this. And if if running back is the one position that they really need to address, and and B, you think Bijan is the piece that puts you over the top, then take him at 10. Because guess what? He's not going to be there at 30, nope. and it's going to cost you way more draft capital to move up 
to go get him in the late teens or early 20s where you would need to move up to go get him. Because I guarantee you, like, when you look at realistic places where he can start coming off the board, and for me, like, again, the Chargers at 21 is the place where I've kind of looked at is the point where you can start to maybe see him coming off the board. I think maybe even maybe even Detroit at 18. If, the, if it's the Eagles specifically and you're trying to move back up, I think the Bills are in the same boat too because I think you can argue that the Bills are a dynamic running back away from getting over the top yep. and winning a Super Bowl or at least getting there and, and you know take your chances when you get there. If they're trying to move up, if I'm Detroit or Seattle, Tampa at 19, Seattle at 20, Chargers at 21, and I've got Buffalo or the Eagles trying to move up to my spot, I know who they're moving up to get, and yeah, I'm going to milk all the draft capital I can out of that. Like, yeah, give me uh, give me your one, give me give me 30 or give me 27, give me your three this year and the two next year, and you can move up and have this. And but, there's a team going to be willing to do that because that's a lot of draft capital to give up. So, and, and basically, just to reiterate for hopeful or long-suffering Dallas Cowboys fans, short of making a trade to move well up in the pecking order, you're not going to get B. John Robinson. All, all of that stuff that we saw for a while, ah, it might be there at, you know, at 26, all that, that, that kind of stuff. No. I think I've, I've heard a lot of Cowboys draft people have the discussion about B. John. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I, I think this is all moot. I yeah. think you guys are wasting breath because I don't think – look, if he's there at 26 – as a Cowboys fan, that's the scenario where I would not have a problem with them taking B. John Robinson because they mm. do have some other needs. You're right. Tight end is a need. Yep. You need to start to rebuild that offensive line. You've got other needs. But if you haven't made any moves and you just let the board fall to you and he's there at 26. Yeah, obviously. I'd take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, but he's not going to be there. He is not going to be there at 26. We've seen we've seen stranger things happen. I don't I don't think so either, Craig. But we've seen stranger things. Normally, when you see something like that happen, when there's been that precipitous a drop, it's because they've discovered something about the prospect, something internal, something something away from the field, and everybody knows you know what this guy is made of, not only as a football player but as a human being. I'll disagree with you on. on, I think that's almost a case by case basis because, like, you go back to Aaron Rodgers, right? Once he fell, I think I forget the exact order of that draft. Once he fell, I think it was Cleveland at five. Once he got past there, maybe it was Cleveland or Tampa at five. Once he got past there, you didn't really get to anybody before Green Bay that needed a quarterback. Everybody either had high price quarterbacks, they had young they had rook the young quarterbacks on on rookie deals, mm-hmm. or they had a situation where they just signed a veteran because you had a head coach who might be coaching for his job the following year. And didn't need to take a rookie credit, or you had an entrenched starter, and with before the rookie wage scale, it wouldn't make any sense to to spend a first round contract on a quarterback. I totally agree with all of that. Here, here's where I would say that differs. I think quarterback is the one position that's the outlier about that because okay. because folks are and we're seeing it happen again. Folks are consistently draft people, analysts. And media, but mainly draft people are looking for what's wrong at this point in the deal. That whole business with Brady Quinn and uh, what, what what he was saying about C.J. Stroud, it's ridiculous. If you have followed that lately, Ryan Clark just lightsabered 
Brady Quinn <laughs> for what he was saying about C.J. Stroud for quote unquote standing up the Mannings, you know, stiffing the Mannings, not showing up from there when he when he let him know he was not going to be coming. Uh, there, that's that's somebody fishing for something yeah. at that point, and I think that that sort of fishing happens with quarterbacks far more than any other position. Yeah, I agree with you, hundred percent. Um, but, but you know, with Bijan, I mean, I don't. There's not really a position group either, Craig, that you look at and say, okay, there's going to be a run on on this certain position where teams feel the need to move up. I think this is a pretty deep draft where if you're Dallas or Buffalo, Cincinnati 28, the Saints at 29, I think you can hang back and get the guy. I agree. Get somebody that's pretty high up on your board. So I don't – I'm with you in terms of I don't think Bijan – drops to 26 because I don't see there being that much vibe. Look, we could see it totally change. I don't get the vibe that there's going to be a ton of volatility in this draft. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. I just don't see this being one of those drafts where you see just a ton of movement in the first round. No, I I, I agree with you there. And, and folks can, to your point, fill their need areas or at least address some of the need areas without having to make a gigantic move up or down. The ones who have made the moves clearly are doing it, like Carolina, with one guy in mind. And so yeah. with that that being the case, you understand that. But but I think every I think everybody else is is just gonna wait and see best available guy on I, the board as I, it I falls to them. I don't think it's it's the I don't think it's the running back production that has people nervous about taking it back in the first round. I think there's two things that really compound things for Bijan. One is I think you look at the character issues Zeke Elliott had early in his career where there were people telling the yeah. Cowboys, yeah, he, he's talented enough to go this high. You you probably want to think really hard before you take this guy yep. this high. That's correct. And the Cowboys found that out when he had that long suspension that probably cost him a playoff spot and then wanted to renegotiate the contract, and then you got into that contract from hell that you just now were able to get out from under. And then if Saquon Barkley doesn't have an injury, because I think what you've seen, pre-injury and post-injury, Saquon Barkley's pretty damn good. Yep. So I think had you not had those two instances, I mean, Christian McCaffrey was a high pick, and the 49ers gave up stuff to go get him. Craig, you watch probably more NFC West football than anybody I know. I think that ended up being a pretty good fit, Christian McCaffrey with the Niners. Yep, yep. So Bijan, without question, is talented enough to go in the first round. But if I'm the Eagles, if I'm their front office, I I think really hard about taking him at 10 because I think it's going to cost you way too much to move up from 30, 10 or so spots you would need to move up to go get him. I just take him at 10 and say, He's good enough, and we feel like this is the piece that puts us over the top to help us win a Super Bowl. That I agree with, no doubt about it. All right, uh, coming up next, uh, we'll have Inconceivable. It, Jeff's going to like this one because there's a good animal compliment in this. Uh, is it but, animal doing people type things? Uh, there's there's one thing that's that's. Because I had a blast with bears drinking soda yesterday. Yeah, uh, it, it's almost like that. And there's there's another wrinkle into that we're going to get to as well. Uh, Cam up. and I had fun with that yesterday. You, a bear like getting an orange crush and just popping the top, and he's got his little comic book just kind of sitting so prop, was it, was propped it, up against the car. Was it, was it just a generic orange soda, or was it an actual orange crush? Uh, I, uh, I, the story said orange crush specifically. Because that's my all-time favorite soft drink. Yeah. Orange Crush specifically. Uh, yeah. But apparently the bear uh, left the scene when he they found a couple of cans of diet soda open. Yeah. And apparently that's when he'd had enough. Yeah. It was on the diet soda. It was like, not for me. <laughs> See, bear and I are thinking on the same. Who who do you know that's a huge diet Coke drinker? Is it Shoning that's a huge diet Coke And Roger drinker? Wallace. Roger is too. Okay. 
I thought Roger was Coke Zero for some reason. But. Uh, if that is all that's available. But Roger's a big Diet Coke guy. That's He's a Diet Coke P1. So to he, say. he is. He and Shoning both. They're both big. They'll, 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 so Bill just crush them during a broadcast? Yep. yep. Roger, too. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. If if it's available. Okay. If it's available. Now. Uh-huh. But it, but Shoning would just slam them down. I was like, <laughs> throw all that carbonation and that syrup on your vocal cords and you'd do that, but he undaunted would go forward. You know, he was, he's, yeah, he's been doing it at that level that long for a yeah, reason. For a reason, absolutely. 